Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Strength in the Numbers. Now, imagine having 1,000 years worth of career advice. How would you use that to advise others or even improve your own career outcomes? Well, our guest mentor this week is finance professional Paul Murphy, who's actually answered these questions. And not only that, he's written an Amazon number one best-selling book that's interviewed 100 graduates, 10 years out of university about their career paths, their hard-won lessons, and how they overcame their obstacles and what advice they would give others in hindsight. And even better than that, a lot of these insights that were learned for finance professionals, there's about 33% of those in the book uh, that Paul interviewed, have worked in finance. And Paul goes on to share some of the stories on the episode. So some other areas we cover together are one piece of critical advice that will allow you to get into more fun finance roles and how to go about it. Paul shares some practical advice on how to select a mentor for the biggest impact in your career, that this is especially crucial. And also we talk about real advice on how to approach senior managers and what really happens when you step outside your comfort zone. So look, loads of practical value in this episode, so strongly recommend you listen in. And if you'd like to follow up with Paul or get more into the detailed show notes, you can find those at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash 072. So without further ado, over to Paul and the show. So I started off trained as an accountant at a big four firm, and then I worked in various finance roles for the last 10 years or so in big multinational companies. And I've written a book. So a book, uh, the book is A Thousand Years of Career Advice, and it's basically me interviewing 100 graduates 10 years out of uni or college about their career paths and advice for a younger generation. So 33% of them uh, roughly are finance. So either banking or accounting, commerce and industry, compliance, entrepreneurs. So I think a lot of it's very relevant to, to maybe your listeners. So maybe let's start with your, your career journey then. Maybe what was sort of one moment that stood out to you the most on your career journey? Sure. That, 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 you know, that you feel like you benefited most from? So I guess that the role I'm currently in, and I'm a finance lead on the integration of two big massive pharma companies to make the biggest healthcare or consumer healthcare company in the world. If you can imagine, those two companies would have operations in 90-odd countries all over the world, and you'd have to merge those operations. So two warehouses become one warehouse, two offices become one office. You'd have to re-host IT networks have a new distribution network, close down um, manufacturing operations, move products. And that was very, this role is very much problem solving, Andrew. So instead of your kind of nuts and bolts finance role, it's me sitting in a room with very senior people and figuring out how we do some of this stuff, how we overcome a customs issue in Kazakhstan or a warehouse problem in Brazil. So it's like really, really interesting and kind of the way I've wanted my career to go. And, and maybe 
maybe that kind of segues into why I wrote the book. So I'm not sure about yourself or, or some of your listeners, but I wasn't a huge fan of finance. So, so my, parents, my parents kind of said, my dad's an accountant, my parents said, oh, become an accountant. You can be whatever you want to be once you qualify. And I think that's a little white lie because you're just a qualified accountant when you yeah. go to recruitment. So I kind of tried to get more commercial uh, with every role and be more working in the business and leave the finance stuff behind. And uh, when I look back to my career, I kind of noticed that what I'm doing now, or what I've done in my last three or four roles, is nothing like what I did in my undergrad or my leaving cert. Or my, I did a, a master's in accounting. It's just very different. <laughs> And then I uh, wondered, was that the same with all of my peer group? Um, and I knew a lot of friends who weren't that happy in their careers or had fallen into it. You know, they're in their early 30s or late 20s. And then that got me thinking. So what I did is I decided to interview 100 of them across 16 different professions, all roughly 10 years out of university. And um, it's really interesting read, even for me, just having those chats all the people, where they made their successes, where they might have messed up and what they'd advise a younger person to do to avoid messing up like they did. So that's really the book in a nutshell. I don't know, what did you think yourself when you when you had a, a little peek? Okay, it's probably because you've got a background in finance, Paul, but, but there's a lot in there for finance professionals, but I also like the fact that there's other professions in there as well, so we can get sort of similar ideas, see if there's any commonalities or anything that's slightly adjacent to what we do that we can learn from as well. And for me, again, similar to having guests like yourself, Paul, on the show, it's about maybe we might have some big decisions to make in our careers. And there might be an element of fear attached with those, but doesn't it help us if we've seen other people have gone through similar challenges and how they overcame them? And particularly, I love the bits where people share on, the, on this show, like in your book, they're sort of the hardest one lessons so that we don't necessarily have to suffer all the pain. A little bit of pain in our careers is good because it then forces us to ask some tough questions of ourselves. And I love the expression, like nothing ever you know, grows in a comfort zone. But I, again, I had very similar frustrations, like uh, what I learned at college uh, the, from an accounting perspective, you know, how useful are accounting qualifications nowadays? I mean, when you look at things like business partnering or digital disruption, how much of the syllabus did we cover at university or even in our accounting qualifications that we're going to be using practically day to day? Uh, some initial thoughts is, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so they are looking at it and doing something about it because I want to make sure that the, the, the qualifications that are being put out going forward are actually including some practical advice that we can use day to day. And again, yeah. that's why I liked your book because I think the readers will find something in there that they can start implementing that day or tomorrow so that they can get more out of their careers. And ultimately, again, the aim of the show is to help create accountants who are influential uh, worldwide in their organizations, but also solving meaningful problems for them as well. So yeah, so that way we can have those fun careers that I think we'd all really like. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, and in terms of your book, I think that came out a lot is people in the finance careers did figure out ways of 
turning them into being fun and enjoyable and rewarding. And get, and I guess that's what we all want, right? So absolutely. And maybe uh, what might be useful for your listeners is if I just talk you guys through how I went more commercial and I maybe broke out of your, your financial control-esque roles. So basically, I left Big Four and didn't wasn't a huge fan of audit, but it was great training in retrospect. Went into a media company in a financial control role and wasn't a huge fan of it, wanted to go more commercial. And to do this, I'd always be on the lookout for new roles, like always, all year round, not only internally, but lots of different companies in different industries. I'd just always be um, on the lookout because getting the sexier, inverted commas, yes. commercial roles is tough. So I, I always, in the last three, four roles since coming out of that big four, I always stepped out of my comfort zone. I always found the roles, the best roles, weren't necessarily a promotion in the company that I was in already. So that was a big thing for me. I think if you, you mentioned stepping out of your comfort zone, if you go to a different company, you learn so much more and you, the status quo won't be the same, the politics might be the same, et cetera, et cetera. So I've, I've and I might mention a, a friend of mine in the book uh, later on, I've learned a huge amount and my CV is way better for jumping around a little bit. And I think that's a thing you can do in your 20s, maybe not so much in your 30s. It's maybe like, well, what is this guy at? But in your 20s, a big theme of the book is try different things out. Don't settle for doing a cushy role for more than you should. Try and vary your skills and try and get different experiences so you can figure out what you like. And then the stuff you most enjoy, if you really enjoy what you do, everything else will come easier. Everything else will just uh, fall into place. So, so just to continue on that one, uh, or just to finish that one off, went to financial control uh, role, then went to a financial planning analysis role, but it was very commercial. It was me business partnering with like 50-year-old directors and looking at commercial contracts, looking at how we drive down uh, cost per trains, utilization rates in a warehouse. So it was very, very commercial. And then I went and did big projects. So I did a, a billion pound rollout of an ERP system where I was basically looking at cost saving initiatives. So how could we outsource pieces of work? How could we charge our contract or pay our contractors less? How could we not do pieces of work? How could we um, simple things like how could we uh, make pieces of the deployment overlap? So how much could we save out of that billion pounds for a rainy day? And then my current role is that big integration. And that, again, was unlocking huge benefits from synergies and putting your heads together with the senior ops guys and saying, okay, well, is this the best use of this uh, money for the company? If it was your uh, money, would we be doing this for the company? That's a great question. So, so it was kind of stepping out of my comfort zone, doing lots of different roles, lots of different industries. And with that, I found I really liked the commercial stuff. I really liked being in the, in the trenches with the business. And I think for your listeners, once you kind of do some of that trial and error and figure out what you like, you know, you might like financial control. But once you kind of figure out what you like, then I'd advise trying to find a person five or ten years older than you yeah. uh, with the role that you might like, whether it's CEO, COO, or just an FD maybe, 
and saying, okay, this guy is such and such experience, such and such skills. Do I have those skills? If not, how do I pick those up? What do I need to get there so that I can I can be at the interview table uh, looking for a job like theirs? You know, so LinkedIn, we didn't have LinkedIn uh, 15, 20 years ago. Now you can type in head of commercial finance, CFO. You can, a lot of guys have all their CVs on there. So I would really encourage anyone, and not just like a young person or a person in their 30s, you want to be an executive director you know go find those people have have coffees with them so yeah that that's how i would say get into the more fun roles as you say yeah actually paul you just reminded me something on my own career journey i was really bad at asking for advice and help early on and that's one thing i wish i'd changed I wish the moment I was out at university looking for those people, maybe if we didn't have LinkedIn, maybe I'd be too kind if I said that, but that's really great advice, breaking it down in terms of how to get the most out of your career. And in finance, there's loads of different types of roles. There's compliance, there's controllership, there's FP&A, there's commercial finance. Then there's the, the leadership levels as well. And there's also people in finance branching out into areas like customer success also because of our ability to see end-to-end across the business and look to unlock value. Yeah. within the business so the the really you know we get really good skills that's coming out of university from a technical perspective or from our counter qualifications to make the most of them i think we just need to go and have conversations with people in the roles we feel that we'd like to do and and you also made an import, important comment there it's trial and error i don't think we'll we'll make that level of success or that fun or that enjoyment without a bit of error so so i suppose what what, what was probably the worst thing or in your mind or did anything really bad happen for you when you stepped outside your comfort zone no and so i interviewed all of those guys i interviewed in my book and a lot of the entrepreneurs who are very successful i interviewed like nine entrepreneurs a lot of those guys stepped out of the comfort zone and did any of them regret it not a single iota and and i think if you ever asked anyone the same question I think it'd be a really, really slim minority of people go, oh, no, I should have stayed where I was. But it's just it's just making that initial step, you know. I suppose in terms of the book, what was sort of the biggest learning for you after after doing the book in terms of yourself or maybe from the people that you were you were interviewing? I suppose myself, I found I got a huge buzz out of it. So writing it, getting it published, 1,200 odd copies were downloaded in the first five days. And going on on a couple of podcasts like this, getting good feedback on my blog saying, wow, you really helped me with such and such an interview. All of that, I got a, I'm sure you do as well. I got a great buzz out of it. And in finance, you know, I never really got that buzz. You know, working with the project team is good and it's fun. But, you know, I was like, oh, well, maybe... Maybe I should have done something, something more creative. So that's what I kind of my my big learning for myself. And then I guess in terms of learning for people reading it, uh, there's just so much pieces of advice offered, so many pieces of advice. So everybody was so willing to help because, as you say, they really learned the hard way, or they had a couple of years as a bad role, and they wanted people to kind of get the learnings from that so they'd offer three four five pieces of advice and they say if you were me if you were in my shoes i would have done this or etc etc so i had like three four five hundred pieces of advice i'm trying to condense them at the back i have about 11 pages of 
the most recurring kind of themes. And I'm pretty sure if people read them, they'd be like nodding their heads going, oh yeah, I did that, I did that, or yeah. And it's just, I think it's just human nature that you do these things and you only in hindsight, you might maybe realize the, you know, maybe what you should have done. So that's the whole point of the book, it's 10 years of people's hindsight and trying to um, help people in their 20s, late 20s, and even, you know, um, there's tremendous life advice in there. So even people who are a bit older, you know, it's like, it's really valuable stuff, I think. So, so, so thanks. So maybe, maybe I could just touch on some of the, the good finance interviews that I can think of. Yeah, if you could, yeah, yeah. What was what's the ones that stand out in your mind? A lot of them kind of are linked to what we've been talking about. So one of them uh, is a guy called Kevin. So Kevin basically worked his way up from a grad program to be a manager in a corporate finance um, division of a big, big company in Dublin. And so then he went off and worked as a right-hand man to a billionaire investor. And so now he's, he's in his 30s. He set up his own very successful consultancy. And he, in the book, he talks about uh, the importance of having good personality. So I think in finance, people sometimes are inclined to stay at their desk, churning out numbers. You know, they're very busy with month-end deadlines or forecast deadlines, and they don't really place much importance in building relationships and growing their networks. So I don't know about you, but I've worked with loads of people in finance that do great jobs, but nobody really knows about them outside their little area. And Kevin, (laughs) Kevin, he's a big believer in the more people you know, the better jobs you're going to get. It's a number game. Like the majority of his clients in that consultancy now, he's flying. Uh, he built those relationships up in the last five, ten years, and it opened so many doors. So I think you were you were talking about you didn't reach out to people, or you didn't want to reach out to people, and I don't think it comes naturally to people in the UK and Ireland. But now I think that's the that's one of the big things in the book. Everyone said oh, I would have reached out to more people. I now understand the, the importance of networking. Very often, you know, you don't interview for a great job. If you have a network, you just get it. So that was that was Kevin sprung to mind. Yeah, actually, I, I, loved, I loved that story. I actually, I love all stories like that, Paul. And it's great to hear a fellow finance professional has actually been able to do that. That should give us all encouragement. And, you know, maybe, maybe we set the challenge for our, our listeners today to to think about the year ahead and challenge themselves each week talk to someone new get out from behind their desk or even if they they want to stay behind their desk and jump on a phone call because that's safe for them to do because what's the worst thing that happened oh you might actually learn something from someone or develop a connection uh, or maybe share what you what you're about so so other people are out there looking for ways to help you or if something comes to mind for them so so that's really that's really encouraging for us um and people are always dying to talk about themselves always <laughs> and that's the great thing about finding mentors you <laughs> just leave them talk <laughs> and you learn so much there's uh there was a guy there was a guy yesterday i met in cork uh i actually had to go buy some shirts and he was the owner of the place and he was telling me about how he a great story how he was on the uh, sleeping rough on the streets of east london in a sleeping bag yeah. And now he's running a very successful uh, suits and shirts business. Wow. Uh, and hearing that story, I was like, that was really interesting. And then he's asking me at the end, oh, how could I help you <laughs> in terms of in terms of your work? And I said, uh, well, you know, I explained about the show. And he and he said, yeah, yeah, I've got to mention that to people. 
that's really great what you're trying to do so um so you're going to probably benefit in some way out of it um uh, just by by having those conversations um yeah. so, so look so paul that was that was really good i suppose in terms of yourself you know you've probably received so many great bits of advice now speaking to so many uh, mentors and about their careers or whatever like what is the sort of best bit or bits of advice you've you've heard or, or along your career that that you can share with our audience uh maybe i don't know about your listeners but i don't i haven't got a huge amount of good career advice <laughs> i don't know about you andrew but like some managing is a real skill and coaching is even beyond that so in my experience i had one very very good one and i'm still in touch with him now very inspiring dude um early on in my career but in my career i haven't had a huge amount of advice maybe that's why i went seeking out all these people asking them maybe it's kind of interconnected i don't know but um the hindsight thing i think is just so valuable you know if you can reach out to people who are 5 10 years ahead of you i wouldn't maybe I wouldn't encourage people reaching out to people who are 20 or 25 years ahead like if you are a 20 year old and you reach out to a guy in his 50s who is a CEO he might give you the best advice cuz the world's moved on you know since he was 25 but if you can get that guy or that uh lady at the next step up the ladder and say okay how would you advise me to to go about my next 3 to 5 years I think that's really really I think that's the best advice I could offer anyone. That that definitely definitely like a, a, if people when they're seeking it, the a career journey have an idea in mind of what they they want the, the ideal position to be like and then that will give you an indication of who you need to be speaking to as you've been sort of say, say sharing Paul you know and they will help fill in the gaps about the next 3 to 5 years or whatever time frame you're looking for and they'll even help you understand if it's possible or they may even be able to help you on your journey you know i've heard the stories when when people have started asking questions like that of others and mentors they've ended up in roles that have accelerated their careers in ways mm. that they wouldn't have imagined if they just kept sitting behind their desk mm. you know totally. so so no so i i think it's great great bit of advice and i suppose in terms of you know looking looking back on your own career in hindsight uh paul you know what's been sort of the the standout moment for you um it would be that big integration role because i'm kind of firmly in the business now so i'd sit in the project uh, room with 20 very senior guys and they would come ask me business questions you know all day every day so the experience you get out of that instead of being in a stuffy finance department it's just great and kind of whetted my appetite for more commercial stuff so so it's very much like whatever you can to get those experiences to to make those informed decisions to go ah i do really like this how about i reach out to this person a bit like you and maybe uh you've interviewed so many people you're like ah that guy's got a really cool job you know it's only through these discussions you can you can get these and a friend of mine another friend of mine in the book he um he's about my age but he is the cfo now of a really well known sporting organization and that guy just to tell your listeners he's not any more smarter than anyone else like he um worked in a big firm in England and um did some roles with an airline company cool media companies in London but he was always looking for opportunities and always kind of trying to make those contacts and he said in the book that don't be intimidated by people more senior than you if there's a problem 
very often the people who are more senior than you in the room, they don't know the solution. They're just good at, better well at bluffing. Well said, yeah. So, so there's, a, there's a lot of nuggets like that in the book. You don't, you, there's a lot of smart people who've done very well for their stages in life. And they're just, they think outside the box a little. So there's a lot of nuggets in the book. So I'd really recommend it. Yeah, and that's that's another thing I like about it. All those nuggets have been collected in a book. <laughs> I feel like I've heard similar thoughts on the on the podcast and the interviews, right? And it's and it's great, but you'd have to listen to all the the, the podcasts to do that, right? There's a lot yeah. there, but what you've done is you've managed to put it into a book, so people could read it at their leisure, you know. Yeah. And it's always there. It could be like one of the go-to reference guides, you know, that people. I wish something I had when I'd left yeah. university that would have really helped. So, so and actually, I even think people who are more into their career thinking of the next steps as well. Uh, so, so no, highly, highly recommend it, uh, Paul. And I suppose in terms of the next 12 months for you, you know, building on what you've achieved so far, what does the next 12 months look like for you? I don't know if I'm going to write another book. It was, uh, <laughs> it was <amazing. laughs> Yeah, well, well, I mean, the more people you meet on your journey, it could be go from 1,000 years to... Uh, to 2,000 to 3,000, you never know, right? Mm, well, we're going to definitely do a 10-year kind of see where they are, and who knows, maybe a 20-year see where they are, because right. you'll have probably a whole load of hindsight about, oh, shouldn't have had that baby, shouldn't have done that marriage. Right, well, well, you hear, hear, heard it here first. Sounds like, no, it sounds like it could be a very useful project as well. And there's more life experiences that I suppose people pick up as well outside of the career. Mm. Yeah, that, totally. That journey. So, um no, that's great. And in terms of our audience, Paul, if they, they wish to connect with you, where's the best place to find you at? Uh, best place would be my blog, a thousand years of career advice, uh, dot com. And actually, uh, Andrew, I think if you guys, any listeners can email me uh, at the blog with free book in the title of the email for the first five listeners, I'll post them a free book. Because I really think it is something that people need to read. Because people either, if they're students or in Leaving Cert or A-levels or university or graduates or end of your 20s, you've kind of stopped partying and having a good time. And then it's kind of like, oh, this is my 30s. I'm not sure I want to do this for the rest of my life. And even parents and lecturers, I think there's a lot in it for loads of different people. So anyone to email me at the contact detail on my blog free book in the title email um first five get a free book that's fantastic paul that's amazing and again i encourage everyone to check that out and i'll put all the relevant links in the show notes so paul as we look to wrap wrap up any sort of closing messages remarks or thoughts for our audience i guess just for the finance community i think just don't be afraid to try and put yourself out there and get outside finance i think in my experience all the operation people I've dealt with, they always look down on finance as, oh, I've got to got to do the budget with that guy, but I shouldn't really see him for the rest yeah. of the year. So try and put yourself out there. You'll enjoy it more. You'll make better relationships and you'll just develop a lot more. And I think if more finance people could do that, I think it just would be make their lives a lot better, I think. Great thoughts, great great advice to end on there, Paul. So look, Paul, you've been a great guest. Thanks for investing your time with us today. I uh, really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing essentially a thousand years worth of career advice, plus with all the, the great steps we can take in finance. 
to to find a, f- a more fun rewarding and successful career for ourselves in finance so so paul thanks for coming on the show perfect and just um just to to end andrew what's the best career advice you've ever got do you reckon best career advice i ever got great question and yeah Sorry, yeah no the the interview becomes the interview so look i i would say it was i was 25 i just made a bad career move to an organization which i thought would be much more ethical than it was i was working 60 to 70 hours a week wow. and i felt i wasn't getting any support from those around me so i started applying to loads of jobs and there was an irishman over in london who worked in recruitment saw that I was applying to loads of his jobs and he said, Andrew, I've nothing for you, but I think I know what you're going through and I'd love to meet you for a coffee because I think I can help. So we met in a hotel off the M40 as it was, Junction 4, I think it was a Holiday Inn, in the lobby there. He bought me a coffee and he gave me this idea called a career bone diagram. And he said, Andrew, you know, you have no idea what you want out of your career, obviously. And I said, uh, I was about to challenge him. I said, no, he seems to know what he's talking about. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut and listen to what he has to say. And he um, he gave me this diagram which said, look, first step is you need to know what you want in three years time and write that. And then he said the next bit was, "Okay, write down all the strengths and resources you have at your disposal now and sort of like what qualifications you have. So I had a degree. I was a chartered accountant and so on. And then the bits in between start filling those in, but keep focusing on the end goal and talking with people so that they can help you get from where you are to to where you want to be. And uh, like some of the things I wanted was to go get an MBA, have a managerial role, have a six figure salary and and the freedom of running my own business. And lo and behold, bang on three years time, I had all of those things. I had a brilliant role. I was I ran my own business. I was consulting with a lot of organizations, uh, receiving fantastic mentorship along the way. Then it all started from that one bit of career advice. And I've taken that diagram. I've shared it with tens of other people who have actually found it works similarly for them. And, wow. and again, you know, I'd, I have to attribute that one intervention uh, from this mentor who, um, who probably is responsible for the, the show ultimately because it was my way of giving back and continually giving back uh, from a mentoring perspective and trying to make time for people. And, and uh, in terms of that giving back, it was getting so much, uh, how do you say, so difficult to keep meeting people one-on-one all the time. I said, Let, let's just do the podcast. And, and in terms of doing that, that allows me to scale my time a bit better, but also share other perspectives because I don't know all the answers. But, I, you know, and as much as I had very much hard-won lessons as well, and I'd hate to think that we've people in finance struggling with 60, 70 hours a week, hating their job. Um, Loads of people. Taking it out on their families near nearest yeah. and dearest, which is not constructive yeah. at all. Um, yeah. It doesn't need to be that way. Um, but if you are in that position, there are people out there who can help. And again, likewise, if, if people are like that, just, uh, you know, connect with me. All the links are on the show and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes as well. And Andrew at SITNshow.com. And I can help people walk through that diagram that turn my career around. Good man. Very inspiring. Well, hey, you know, great question, but I didn't quite expect it. So, <laughs> Paul, thanks for asking the question. And no, thanks no. for coming on the show. Yeah, good man. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. 
There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.